When the truth is found. Please accept the mystery. So we're back again. Uh, <laughs> uh, come forth, ye listeners, and let us let us spin ye a tale <laughs> of the Robots versus Taxes show <laughs> Woo! on Radio Free Brooklyn. Ow! We're back again, and we're talking about we're pitting the two movies uh, up against each other. Yet again, this is uh, our new format because we're trying to maintain sanity in this uh, in this pandemic. So, uh, quarantiners, you're in for a treat. We've pit two polar opposite movies against each other. Uh, Ernesto, you want to describe them? Yeah, I think you're putting it nicely when you say polar opposites. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) last week, folks, uh, we we got into two films. We got into Color Out of Space and Splash, which are both wacky and weird in their own ways, you know, um, not too far apart in terms of genres. But this week, we we kick off with The Stuff, uh, which is a 1985 film uh, by... Uh, Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen, thank you very much. And we're pitting that up against uh, A Serious Man, which came out in 2009 by Ethan Cohen and Joel Cohen. So, you know, it's a battle of the Coens somewhere. Yes. Um, (laughs) But one has an H and the other does not. Uh, And that that H is very important. This is a very important distinction. I also love that you called him Joel. Like he's like the like um, like your Puerto Rican neighbor. Like, hey, there's Joel going, man. Hey, come on. (laughs) How do you pronounce it? Joel. Like Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Well, there's an E in there, so yeah. I say Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, ven <laughs> acá. Joel, ven acá. We're sitting Shiva here, you know. So, uh, you want to go first? You want to? You want to? De- yeah. Sh- do you want to describe this stuff? Do you want to give a little brief synopsis? Sure, sure. Um, in this quaint little quaint little town in the middle of America, um, in some random dig site, uh, an, an old man finds uh, a white goo uh, bubbling out out of the ground, and he does what any of us would have done. He dips his fingers into it and tastes it, and he's just like, "Hmm, it's good." <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> from that moment, I was like, okay, I, I, all right, fine. Uh, I'll bite. I'll bite. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, I was just like, it, because it was, it's, it's so fucking gross. 
that I'm just like, and, and it, it's also like it cuts out the middleman. Like the screenwriter got lazy. He's <laughs> like, how should they discover it? You know, should they? Um, should it drip into like their sandwich? And they're like, oh my god, this tastes delicious. Or should it be like more complex Rube Goldberg esque, you know, escapades that gets it? It gets into their food or it gets on their hands. They're like, no, mm. no, no. The old guy just dips his whole fucking fist and he just like, nom, 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 <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's it. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's just they and one of his co-workers comes over. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? He's just like, taste this. It's good. And he's and just that, like, no, no. <laughs> he, that guy did the only he had the only sane like fucking, you know, reaction to this. But somehow he manages to convince him and he and he has a taste and he's just like, hey, it's not bad. And. <laughs> And and thus we have the origin. Like we're yeah. not told anything else. No, we're not told that it's. In fact, we have to fill in the gaps through the synopsis because the synopsis of the movie tells us that it's from space, but the movie gives no no background on actually where it came from. It just bubbles up from the ground. There was one very small Easter egg that might have indicated uh, where it was from uh, later in the later in the move in the movie uh, during those insane commercials for the stuff that they had, which we definitely need to talk about. Oh my god, dude! Uh, yes. Um, at the end of one commercial, it's a shot of Earth and the logo of the stuff just sort of rising above the Earth, almost in a um, uh, a budget. 2001 a space odyssey opening credits sort of thing oh and uh and the and they lingered on that shot for maybe like a second or two too long and i was just like oh this might have been their quick like hey it's from space so it's about space goo or ground goo whatever and it's <laughs> it, it doesn't have a particular like look to it it just looks like it just looks like sour cream, right? Uh like spoiled sour cream. Yeah. Like it, there there are times where its viscosity changes throughout the film like when it's bubbling out of the ground it's like it's maybe maybe like condensed milk but then when it starts to move it's almost like um you ever see that play-doh that seems to have texture in it um it, it's it's almost like that. I mean, obviously they they had to change it around for certain uh, visual effect shots, but um, no matter which way you looked at it, the the fact that it was just this white goo that was doing whatever it wanted, and people kept eating it throughout the film, it was so gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. But it, I, I felt like I felt like it it didn't push that disgusting like the movie overall my impression mm-hmm. of it was that it it didn't want to go too disgusting yeah at some point it uh flashes forward a, a, a little bit where the the stuff has been marketed to the public at large and people are just you know loving it and um <laughs> we focus in on one household uh, and one of the protagonists of the film, uh, a young kid by the name of Jason, he gets up in the middle of the night um, and uh, heads to the refrigerator, I guess, you know, looking for a snack, as kids do. 
and he sees the stuff sort of moving on its own back into its container and he just sort of jolts back from the fridge and you could tell at that point something in his head broke yes because he was, this kid was forever changed um by the way was, by the way world his eyes did they hire the kid with the creepiest eyes what the fuck like both him that, and his brother. That whole family yeah the whole family had the creepiest eyes i've ever seen like his eyes were like pea soup green and like oh uh, anyway every time i looked at the kid he was like every time it went into close-up i was like eh, you know um <laughs> But yeah, uh, he he freaks out, and his dad um, gives him like you know the old school dad talk, which is you know shut the fuck up, kid, go back to your room. He's <laughs> um, like, I thought you were a burglar. Da, da, da. Don't you ever get out of bed on your own? You stay in bed, and you f- and you go to sleep. And if you can't sleep, pretend you are. You know, it's like he was. There was an aspect of abusiveness to him. Yeah, I know. He had like a really rough edge to him. So much so that I found that like I was a little concerned for the creepy eyed kid. I was just like, ooh, kid needs to call, you know, child protective services. So, you know, somehow this kid is supposed to just move on from this. He's just like, no, I, I saw it. It moved, you know. Um, and uh, from there, we're introduced to another one of the film's protagonists who I didn't, I honestly didn't expect was going to be one. Um, no, I didn't Mr- expect it either. <laughs> it blew my mind was, when I was just like, this is the guy? This is the guy? Really? This is the guy you're going with? Oh, my God. He was so, he, 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 this, he was so slimy and he had this weird southern drawl, Mr. David Moe Rutherford. <laughs> Um, why do they call him Mo? I'm glad you asked because he always wants Mo. <laughs> always wants they, Mo. The screenwriter wrote that and was just like, wow. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> I'll take my meal in the jacuzzi, you know? <laughs> and then broke his arm, patting himself on the back. Um, <laughs> Cause wow, that that takes that takes fucking balls to write that man. That takes fucking balls. I think maybe perhaps uh, Mo was the personification of the writer. He's just like, <laughs> I, I want I want to put myself in this film, so I'm just gonna you know write the douchiest, most unbelievable character, and that'll be me. Um, and so he meets with I assume are the Illuminati of the marketing world uh, because they're yes. on a boat. <laughs> discussing how to market the stuff and it's like bilderberg on a fucking on a fucking boat <laughs> on a yacht and it's so funny like when i saw that and, th- and then he introduced himself by the way his introduction was amazing because he's just like he comes in you know with his fucking cowboy boots and his um <laughs> and his like kentucky drawl or whatever wherever he's from um he's got like a midwestern drawl uh, and um, and he starts shaking everybody's hand, and he's just like, "Oh, you got a sweaty palm, sweaty palm, sweaty palm. You got a sweaty palm." <laughs> like he's ordering a fucking drink called the sweaty palm for everyone in the room. Five sh- like, oh, sweaty this, palms, you know. Like this is the impression he's gonna make, and meanwhile, these old guys are just like, "We've got to find out what's in the stuff," you know, and because. You know, our our stock in ice cream is plummeting, you know, so. 
just no one wants froze, frozen desserts anymore. What are we going to do? <laughs> I got an idea. Let's market this untested, you know, shit from nowhere with like that. No one knows what it's made of. And it's got an, a highly addictive thing. Like it's it's highly addictive. It's like tobacco. Um, <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> but it seemed to me that this group they wanted they wanted Mo to find out where this stuff is coming from, what what it what its ingredients are, um, in or so that they can somehow co opt it or something along those lines. Um, so very weird mission because it seems like Mo is a uh, a disgraced. Uh, FBI employee or CIA employee who you know was kicked out. So now he makes his money doing corporate espionage, um, which is which was a hell of a lot to put on this one character who didn't express much intelligence throughout uh, this film. He was just like, you know, uh, I'm just an asshole, and, I'm, and I just strut into anywhere I go, and I'm very pe- and I'm very peculiar. Therefore, I blend in. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like every time he he talks to somebody, he's always got that same like draw. Like now I may just be a small time lawyer from Kentucky, but I know a thing or two about the stuff. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, like oh god, everything about him was off putting. And then I I was just like, this this draw, his hair, uh, the way he dresses. Who does he remind me of? And I'm like, I was like, oh my god. He he's like vaguely pansexual, um, you know, <laughs> uh, corrupt to the core, yet uh, you know, uh, kind of kind of is. You think he has a heart of gold, but then he sides with this right wing um, war hawk, you know, towards <laughs> the end. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's the, it's the adventures of young Lindsey Graham, you know. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, young. Young Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> but, I do um, declare the stuff uh, is an analogy for communism. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But um just to just to touch back on how they kept on developing the character of uh, the young kid Jason. Um for some reason <laughs> I forgot he's about in, him. He's in the supermarket by himself, and as we can see, the stuff is so popular. It's just, it's just starting to line the aisles, and people are scooping it up by the box and stuff like that. And he's, you can tell there's like an internal dialogue that we don't get to hear, but he's looking at you know all the labels and the logos are just keep flashing in his eyes, and he snaps. He starts pushing over all of the stock of the stuff in the supermarket. I mean, he's. He's kicking at it. He's taking brooms and just knocking it over. He's ripping it out of the fridges. Um, And the thing is, he goes on this tirade for a good five minutes and no one can stop him. No, like he's like he he, once he gains momentum, he's like the juggernaut. He just there's (laughs) nothing on earth that could stop. Maybe the Hulk, but the Hulk is nowhere to be found. So he just goes. He just starts. You know, rampaging, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this this kid has fucking lost it!" Because he's just like, <laughs> "No gods, no masters." The stuff <laughs> down Pretty with much. down with the stuff. 
<laughs> at some point when they finally caught him at the end and he was pinned to the ground, like he yells, he's just like, don't eat it, it moves. And then it, 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 it there's a hard cut away into the next scene. And I'm just like, this, this poor kid, like they're going to, they're going to like put him in the loony bin for this, you know? Put him down, and he's like, "When you die, nothing happens. Santa doesn't exist. Soylent Green is people. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father." You know, and I'm just like, "Jesus Christ, this kid!" And then, and then the movie takes a a, a weird left turn, right? Yes, because um, then it goes back to our 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 main character. Um, I'm just going to call him young Lindsey Graham. Young Lindsey Graham <laughs> goes knocking on, like he's doing an investigation. And by my God, he comes across a, a very wealthy gentleman by the name of Danny Aiello. Like I was like, Danny Aiello, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? <laughs> I'm and, so uh, surprised, dude, about by the by the amount of uh, of uh, uh, Italian American like film actors, serious yeah. Italian American film actors. Like I, every time one of them showed up, I was just like, you know, here I have like all caps. It's like Danny Aiello, and then I was just like, Abe Vigoda, and then I was like, <laughs> Paul Sorvino, you know. <laughs> What are you doing in this movie? Somebody somebody called in some major markers and they're just like, listen, we have this project and you have to be in it. Oh, I, I I don't do that sort of stuff anymore. No, 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 no. You're going to do this. Yes. All they, right. They what's they the project? Money, all three of them. They lost a bet. Oh, yeah. They lost a bet oh, somewhere yes. in Vegas. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but he, uh, uh, young Lindsey Graham visits this uh, wealthy gentleman who has the most intimidating dog <laughs> this dude is this dog is like fucking marmaduke on steroids it's the dog's name is ben okay and he's acting weird this whole aggressive to his own owner but somehow young lindsey graham has this almost demonic power over animals it's just like <laughs> well What's wrong? What's going? Why are you so aggressive toward your master? You know, yeah. It's like <laughs> the, the dog is like, I'm trying to get a bill pushed through in the Congress, an anti-cat bill, and young Lindsey Graham <laughs> is like, I'll see what I could do, because Mo gets Mo pussy, you know, and then he just <laughs> drives off. If they would have, if they could have gotten away with that line back in 1985, they would have put that in. I'm telling yes, you, yes, they would. That's something Mo would say. <laughs> But this dog is, I think, and they never touched on it again in the film. He He's consumed some of the stuff. And I think it raised his intelligence because at some point his owner is trying to call for help. And the dog rips the line out of the wall. Yes. It's, <laughs> it, it, he turned into an 80s slasher. He was just like, I know this movie. Fuck your phone, asshole. You're coming with me. It's like, whoa, man. Yo, fucking. Ben's got an axe to grind. And and then we we and we don't know what happens after that. That's the thing. It's like, it's like they forgot. You yeah, know? They, yeah. Like... That plot line is immediately dropped. Um, it's one of the many plot lines that are just like, you know, whatever. Um, 
But uh, you know when that happened when he ripped the the phone core the the phone line out of the out of the wall, I thought to myself this it, it kind of reminds me of Rick and Morty where he's just like I, I felt like he was gonna turn to Danny Aiello and be like, I loved you in Leon, Danny. May I call you Danny? Where are my testicles, Danny? Where are my testicles? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> it was it was a very weird. Uh, I don't know plot. I'm not even quite sure what this mechanism is supposed to be called, but it's like they dropped it, and there were and no more. There was no more um, uh, allusion to the effect that the stuff has on animals. It's just like, uh, it's affecting something. So I think they've left the door open for a sequel. Oh, That's what uh, I. Think. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's going to be one of those twenty year sequels, like you know, the stuff legacy, and it takes place in a computer <laughs> world. <laughs> I would love to see that. I'm, I, you know what? If they made a sequel, I would watch it. I mean, yeah. first of all. Uh, It'd be called The know, Taste, the, right? The Taste. Is- exactly. The Taste. Um, I couldn't. I guess we're, we're sort of uh, jumping the broom a little bit yeah. on that one there. Yeah. But at the end, they revealed to us like, you know. Oh, we've 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 remarketed and reformulated this. We're going to call it The Taste now. And it only has 12% of the stuff in it. You know, the rest is dairy products and it's like all right why not why not why not who cares right um not far-fetched i mean that's what the fda would probably do it's like oh this could kill you we're only gonna put 12 percent of it yeah 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 you know um but yeah i thought that the jingle for the stuff though was uh was pretty brilliant though. which one Oh my god, which one? Because it has two jingles. And it has an orchestral theme that sounds like a ripoff of Superman that, that hits at the very end. Holy shit. You're right. Like at the very end, like I'm just like, okay, uh we interrupt this uh this uh this screening of the stuff for Superman, you know? It's like <laughs> uh but anyway, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm 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 like uh, I'm moving ahead, way too way too much because I'm skipping ahead no, no, all no. the way to the end. There, it 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 doesn't matter. <laughs> Not with this movie. So which one? <laughs> so which one do you like? Do you like easygoing, happy-go-lucky uh, jingle for the stuff like uh, like they're selling juicy fruit, or do you like the funkier Donna Summer, like uh, uh, <laughs> models like heroin heroin chic? <laughs> Heroin skinny models in giant fur coats uh, strutting along uh, a catwalk. Um, <laughs> th- uh, that you, Do you like that jingle more? Which one do you like? Do you like the dirtier one? The, the one that you're just like, I want to snort coke to this fucking jingle, Jesus man. Jesus Christ. Um, I think I was more partial to the to the first one, the, the one that had a happy-go-lucky <laughs> sort of tune to it because it... it, it Stuff like that makes you, it really makes you uh, tune into how dark this whole situation can actually get. True, it's just yes. like, oh, we've put an innocent face on this thing that is going to destroy civilization yeah. as we know it. But I definitely like the um, the Donna the Donna Summer big hair skinny model yeah. uh, <laughs> v- version of it because back in the 80s if something was super popular they did their best to make it jump from genre to genre yes. i'm pretty sure that uh back in the 80s there would have been a stuff saturday morning cartoon yes that's how popular this stuff was 
I want to be inside you, Billy. You know, it's, that's that's <laughs> what I think the stuff would say. Um, <laughs> by the way, okay, um, so going back to Jason, I, I know we keep mm-hmm. jumping around, um, but Jason rebels against his family, right? Um <laughs> He uses shaving cream as a decoy and what I can assume is the stupidest Ocean's Eleven subplot uh, I've ever seen in my life where he he's just like, I know what will fool them, you know, and it cuts to like fat, slick cutting of him pouring the shit, like pouring out the stuff and then the shaving cream and then he starts, but then he starts to fucking eat it in front of his family and then he's just like, can you eat shaving cream? And then he's like, I guess not. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, that's right. I'm 10. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything. <laughs> and his family immediately figures him out, but then he's rescued by fucking young Lindsey Graham. It's just like, I, I read the news. He, that, by the way, he could have been anybody. Lin, that Lindsey Graham could have been, and it just could have been like a fucking serial killer, just like, "Hey, get in the van." I read the news. It's like, "Are we going to safety?" He's like, "Sure, if you—that's what you want to call it." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god!" There's a child abduction in the middle of this movie. This is this is crazy. You know, he just runs away from his family. Um, and then and, they uh, had to Garrett Morris. <laughs> who calls himself chocolate chip charlie chocolate chip fucking charlie um his real name in the film is charles hobbs and when he showed up i was just like oh this this movie just got kicked up to like 11 you know like they got this guy garrett morris for fucking saturday night live and i'm just like what are you doing and by the way he was acting like he was in his he was in a movie he was just like in a comedy with fucking you know with uh uh, with eddie murphy and you know um and and and, you know he was just like he was riffing and then he was just like basically like he was saying my hands are registered lethal weapons and i was just like garrett morris what movie do you think you're in He's like, it's a comedy. It's, no, 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 it's not. Well, it is now because yeah. when he showed up, I was just like, okay, we're not supposed to take this seriously. No. Like, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really wondering now um, what's going on. Um, I don't know. It takes this sudden shift after after they escape the stuff in the hotel room because suddenly uh, Mo, his uh, the lady who coined the stuff, and Jason find this and i'm not going to say military because they seem more like a well-organized militia yeah they're fucking they're 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 a right-wing white supremacy militia because (laughs) paul sorvito i was like oh my god paul sorvito and then he turns to chocolate chip charlie he's just like i don't want this colored man speak i was just like you know what fuck paul sorvito (laughs) i was just like i was like whoa whoa dude like out of nowhere um and he's supposed to be like the protagonist, and then they do Chocolate Chip Charlie, dirty man. Oh, he fucking man. turns into he turns into Pokey from uh, Gumby, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's that's wow, that's showing my age. 
I don't know what other claymation he 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 just turns into this fucking weird clay monstrosity, and then he erupts with the stuff, <laughs> which was so disturbing. Yes, it was. It was, it was really so disturbing. Uh, though I have to admit that her, <laughs> I, I I am quite impressed by. Um, I, I wish I I knew this. Uh, What's that lady's name who coined the stuff? What's her character's name? Um, I'm looking at the at the uh, cast list right now. Uh, is it Nicole? Yes, I think so. Yes, Nicole. Yeah, yes. Nicole. So Nicole, when she sees uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie, starts to freak out. She's just like, "What's wrong? Are you okay, Charlie? What's going? Hey, why are you making those noise?" Like, meanwhile, he. <laughs> After all she's seen, after the flight that they've taken across country in order to find the stuff, she hasn't put two and two together that this guy is about to uh, consume her. Um, And then finally, you know, he starts to, you know, ooze the stuff. And she's just like, she's not screaming loud enough, first of all. Like, I'd be like, somebody get me the fuck out of here. Like, that that would have been the proper response. And uh, finally, uh, all the inept men on this uh, (laughs) base, I'm going to say. Yeah. Just like, oh, no, we've got to help her, you know, her and Jason, who are about to um, bite the big one. Yeah. Um, And then uh, and then they get Paul Scorvino, like. Uh, before Chocolate Chip Charlie has this transformation, they're trying to find a way to market Paul Sorvino. And I was just like, how do you market Paul Sorvino? How does one do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you sell him in this movie? Um, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, it, it like, uh, the stuffies invade this castle. Do they invade the <laughs> castle? No, no, no. Did- they, no, that, that fuck. You know what? I lose track of this movie because there's so many things that I was just like, "This is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> yes. This is stupid." Um, no, it's true. Yeah. It's true. And then, um, and then finally, it skips to the end where they deliver this message to the world, and everyone believes it because you know, uh, what's more convincing than someone you've never heard of, uh, and yeah, a, <laughs> a right wing white supremacist leader telling you on tv not to eat stuff and then you're just like you know what fuck the stuff you know um <laughs> and i was like god this movie's stupid and then it skips to john constantine i'm sorry lindsey graham dressed <laughs> as john constantine that's right <laughs> showing up uh to the bilderberg people and he's like i'm gonna exercise some demons y'all and then uh <laughs> You know, say hello to my little friend, and the kid's like, "Eat the stuff, eat it." You know, he's his little inf- the li- Jason is the little enforcer. Yeah, it's just he. <laughs> this this kid is completely, um, he's just into full on hardcoreness because he's hanging out with Mo, and Mo just matter of factly drops to these old men that they're like doing in with the, this uh this last stock of the stuff he's just like oh jason's lost everything his family's gone uh he has no friends he's just you know he's not a child anymore he's a man he's not a child anymore yeah it's, he's first of all jason is the hardest character <laughs> in this fucking film because 
Because when he was in that tanker, I don't know if you remember, he was talking shit to the stuff. He was just like, he was just like, huh? Is that you want a piece of me? It's basically stuff like that. He was just like, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna pop shit. Yeah, I've eaten uh, whipped cream bigger than you. You know, it's just like what the exactly. Fuck, Jason would be right at home in the Walking Dead series. Yes, he's got he's got what it takes to survive you know an apocalypse yes, he's he does that's why that's why his eyes are that color because his soul <laughs> his soul has been broken you know a, a long time he's ago he's a shell of a man he's just uh, he's, he's he's just a machine so. he drinks his yoo out of a shot glass exactly <laughs> um, he goes re- and he goes reload every yeah. time <laughs> Oh, and then the yeah, and then the movie ends like with this. It's it's kind of got like got with like, this weird, um, obscure like, obscurely dark ending because uh, you know um, Jason you know shepherds M- Mo away, and mm-hmm. he more or less says, "Forget it, Mo. It's stuffy town," you know, and then. <laughs> And then it cuts to credits, and then it's the theme. It's it's a ripoff of the theme to Superman. And then I'm just like, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, what were you going to say? Oh, but before before it cuts to credits, um, we almost get like a little epilogue. It cuts to some random street scene, probably in New York or something like that. Oh. And uh, there's a shady deal going down. And they open the trunk of a car, and it turns out that there's still more of the stuff around and it's being sold on the streets. And that's at that point I was like, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. I fucking hate this movie. Um, Cause they got like Los Locos like selling it on the street. Like Los Locos kick your boss. Los Locos kick, sell the stuff. The stuff comes from outer space. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, so, uh, I I think we should we should we should switch gears because yes know, um, yes we've been talking about this stuff for long enough, but uh, let's um let's go into a serious man a movie that I I have seen many a time I consider it to be a masterpiece and I was really excited to hear what you thought about this movie because this is. The polar, like when I say polar opposite, there is nothing that the stuff resembles to a serious man. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird shift in tone. Yes, very weird. And the thing is, I I went into it blind. So I thought I thought there was going to be some sort of similarity or, or just something that that connects the two. And at first I thought there was because we open on a scene. um, What was it in like the 1800s in Russia or Siberia or something Uh, like that? I don't I think it was in somewhere in Poland. I'm not sure. Something in a a ghetto in Poland. In the old Eastern Bloc. Yeah. In the Eastern Bloc. Right. And um, there is this there's this young couple, young Jewish couple uh, who you know, are trying, are trying their best to survive. And the husband comes home and he tells his wife, Hey, guess who I ran into? I ran into (laughs) (laughs) so-and-so who blah, 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 who knew you from this and the other. And the wife who, for some reason, even though she had two distinct eyebrows, I can, I could, I could, I could only see a unibrow 
it was weird. It's there was some weird mental trickery happening. That's and she looks <laughs> and she looks at him with this weird look and she's just like um you couldn't have ran into him because he died 3 3 years ago. Yeah. And so they're both spooked, you know. It's like nighttime. It's snowing like crazy outside. So that you means know. you were talking to and the whole like, you know, the whole ghetto turns around her ghost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But in this film, the name of that type of ghost is a Dibuk. Yeah, a Dibuk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so this character that they're speaking about finally makes it to their house. And <laughs> it is the weirdest sort of like stare down ever <laughs> right? at the beginning right? of a it film. It is really bizarre. Because <laughs> here's this rabbi, this this apparently this distinguished rabbi is just like hey you know i I, you know i thought i'd come for some soup but um you know it's just going to give me nightmares so i think i'll pass you know i think i'll just yeah i think i'll just be on my way but it was good to see you guys you know and then she the the (laughs) wife turns and she's like oh no motherfucker bam she hits him with a fucking ice pick to the chest right the chest and then she's like see no blood and then he's like, no, there's blood. And then blood just starts pouring out of him. And then they're like, and then he he's like, you know what? I'm not feeling too well. I'm going to leave. And then he's like, I think I've worn out my welcome. He goes out into this, into this bitter winter. And then he's like, oh, my God, you've ruined us. And then she's like, nah, I just killed a guy. Go- I did us a favor. And you're left to wonder, like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that if you are more um, informed on Jewish lore or the mystic side of Juda of Judaism, I guess killing a rabbi is not a good thing. So maybe well, there's a connection like that into the present. I don't know. I, I, again, it's it's something that's like I was just like I was excited to think about it because I was just like. Oh my God! What must Ernesto think about this intro to the movie, which feels like it has nothing to do with anything? Um, well, I thought there was I, at that point. I thought there was going to be a supernatural element in this movie. I was just like, "Oh, okay, I get it." You know, something outside of the normal realm of reality. Okay, so we got it. So there are, <laughs> so, so there are dip books in this story. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. No. <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> and then fast forward t- to 1967. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so good. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. All right. So what? What? where does your mind go? Like 1967, you're introduced to, boom, these characters, right? Yeah. One's, so- you know. This guy, you know, he's a teacher. He's a teacher. At a, he's a math teacher at a college. His kids, his wife, uh, and who you will eventually learn his wife's lover. Like, what do you think about all these elements? The brother that's sleeping on the couch. Like, what do you think about all these things? <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, you're introduced to the character of Larry around Larry, which... Yeah. All the events sort of revolve around, uh, save the very beginning of the film, which 
you know, I, I guess maybe we'll piece together during this review. But right, right, right. Um, so we see we see Larry getting a checkup at the doctor, um, just sort of you know going about his business, uh, just a guy trying to support his family. Um, and how can I put it? We're introduced to the characters of his family, and in, in, uh, initially his son who's at school listening to you know some good old 60s music on a pretty cool looking portable radio yes um and as a lover of gadgets i'm just like oh man that's a that's a cool fucking piece i I bet it i bet it those kinds of radios still work to this day yeah anywho um he's caught in the middle of um hebrew class and is sent to uh a rabbi the rabbi turchik uh, the rabbi's name is Marshak. Oh no, no, no! He's ra- said to Marshak comes at the end. This is Rabbi Turchik. They weren't the same guy. No, there wasn't the same guy. One had a beard, oh. one didn't. My bad. Yeah, My no, bad. no, no. It's okay. It's all right. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I've seen this movie. If you can't tell, I've seen this movie way too many times. <laughs> apparently, you have. But a big fan of this movie. I got to say the casting for these characters, like just looking into the faces of these authority, these Jewish authority figures. It's like you could tell <laughs> from the lines in their face, like, look, I've seen and read a lot of shit. Don't talk back to me. And it's just like, mm, all right. Um, um, can, can I just jump in here and just like, yeah, offer, please, please uh, offer, offer a brief synopsis of the movie because uh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like uh, I forgot to do that. Um, but the movie is basically about this guy named Larry who um, uh, he undergoes a series of misfortunes that plague him and make him call into question his Jewish faith. Um, yeah. And then it, be, it becomes this comedy of, of do you believe or do you not believe? Uh, and it's basically a, a test of Larry's moral morality uh, throughout this whole thing and mm. what he has to suffer through in order to learn a lesson that he's not quite sure of. So that's how I would I would summarize it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think that hits it right on the head. Um, right. It leaves the audience or at least it, leave, it left me at the end uh, still with questions as to whether there is a rhyme or reason to his suffering. Because it seems almost like this was like a like a story of Job, where everything was starting to be taken away from him. Yes. Um, but then slowly, and I thought this was a really brilliant part of the film. It seems like all the events were connected to each other, and seemed like there was a reason. For example, like uh, his wife's uh, new lover, Sai. Uh, who was Cy Abelman? Cy Abelman, who was starting to step into the picture. What did you think of Cy Abelman, by the way? I hated him. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Larry. I first of all, I thought honestly, I was just like, okay, I, I think, I think I know what's going to happen in this film. Larry's going to snap, and he's going to start offing people because they're fucking with him, and they don't think he has balls, um, or at least that's what I was hoping. Yes, because. You know, when Sai came over and was trying to reason with him, like, look, I'm going to take your wife, you know, <laughs> but this doesn't have to be awkward, you know? 
I love that. It's the most like calmest like fuck you, dude. It's just my dick's bigger and you know, I got more to offer, man. Just I I wear pastel blues. Just chill <laughs> out. It's all going to be fine. I'm like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Larry, kick his ass." And he doesn't. He doesn't. Like, fuck him up. Nobody will blame you. Fuck him <laughs> up. You know. But uh, but he doesn't. Larry's just like, he's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, he just lets things happen to him. Um, he's always, everybody pushes him around. Yeah, everybody pushes him around. Uh, even his next door neighbor, who is like this. Uh, how would you describe his next door neighbor? Obviously a racist, right? Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's uh he um. He's back from the war and yes. has has never really fully integrated from into society, um, so much so that when um, the young man, oh, just to to rewind a little bit, uh, um, one of Larry's first uh, tests of morality, he is addressed by one of his students who he had to fail, uh, a young Korean man, and um, the Korean man is trying to bribe him. But well, first he tries to reason with him from an amoral stance, like you know, like, like you know, what is you know what is pass and fail or something along those lines, <laughs> and th- and then when he let me leaves, take a secret test, <laughs> exactly, it's yeah. just like it's just like, but that wouldn't be fair, and he's just like ah, oh, you know, it's like it's he he used a particular word that was just like oh, it's it's all like relative, you know, mere surmise, sir. That's what he that's mere sur- exactly mere surmise. Sir, mere yeah. surmise, and it's just yeah. like, um, it's just like, ah, oh, way to way to sort of tie in some physics and relativity into, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like a word a word play on the word relative. But anyway, yeah. um, but anyway, he leaves a bribe for him of you know several hundred, if not thousands, of dollars in an envelope, and Larry tries to return it to him, but he's gone. So now this thing is just sort of sitting with him, um, and just fast forward a little bit to later in the film. Because we don't want to break down every single minute of this film. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, um, his Even though I would com- like to, uh, we oh. have to, we have to move. We have to keep. It That's moving. like a two-hour episode. But yeah. his father tries to come to reason uh, with Larry, and that's when the next-door neighbor that we were just speaking about, you know, walks up and he's just like, "Is this guy bothering you?" Yeah, and you're just like, "Okay, this guy is having like uh, flashbacks right now." Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I really loved um, that the movie played with his racism so subtly. And then he's like, and then Larry turns to him and he's like, no, 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 the world's changed. You can go now. <laughs> In one of the few displays of, of subtle power that Larry like it, it uses on his neighbor, he's just like, no, 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 it, this is fine. Just go, you know. And then the the Korean father basically tells him this weird um, message. He's like, "Accept the mystery," and I'm just yeah. like, "What? What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was very very odd, and and I thought that the um, <laughs> so with the racist neighbor, they sort of sh- uh, illustrated a sort of like a a tier system of who he hates more because earlier in the film, I was just like, okay, his neighbor doesn't like Jews. No, just doesn't like Jews. 
And then, but when a Korean shows up, he's just like, I don't like Jews, but those Koreans, I don't like them even more because they killed my buddy back in the war, yeah. you know, and this, then, the other. It's just like, wow, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I know we're running a little long. I Don't worry. I'm going to chop this. I'm going to yeah. chop it up real nice. But well, I, to, I, I mean, just, just to just to move forward into the film, like, yeah, yeah. When, when, uh, th- for me, when they started to connect how these random occurrences were not necessarily random was, was after the car accident. <laughs> when Larry has this accident, which seems to start to unhinge him, you know, especially when he yells at the guy from uh, the Columbia Record Club on the phone. And <laughs> I don't want Santana Abraxas. <laughs> But it turns out when he when his son calls him because uh, Larry's wife is or soon to be ex-wife is super upset. And he comes home and learns that Cy was killed in a car accident. I laughed out loud at that. part. I was just like, holy shit. And her moaning, like the way she like cries for Cy Abelman. Who's just like ah, <laughs> as she screams like ah! I'm just like yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, lady, get yourself together. Um, oh man. W- one more thing I want to touch up on, and then we can wrap it up. I'm because yeah. I'm because uh, I'm dying. I'm dying to know. Okay. <laughs> In the movie, you meet the Larry goes to three rabbis, right? Well, yeah. kind of, he doesn't really go to three rabbis. He doesn't really go see the third one, right? Um who I think is an analogy for God. Um, mm. So he goes to see a young rabbi who basically talks to him about a parking lot. Right. Yeah. Then he goes to see a second rabbi who tells this amazing story. <laughs> Please tell me you enjoy that story. The, 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 the goy's teeth. Yes. Um, <laughs> It yeah. was so fabulously odd and full <laughs> and full of and full of like twists and turns. And then when the rabbi finishes the story, Larry's just like, and then what? <laughs> like, what was the point? And he's just like, eh, this, it's not really a point, you know, it's just shit happens, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, and what happened to the goy? It's just like. The goy doesn't matter. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because uh, that that whole scene when I saw it for the first time, I think it blew my mind. Because I was just like, "Where's this going? What does it mean? What does it mean?" Like this <laughs> this rabbi is talking to to Larry about a goy's teeth that has Hebrew letters inside mm-hmm. of his teeth that say help me save me and yeah. then he's like what does that mean and then he goes on like the the dentist goes on this madcap adventure <laughs> um and then it leads to nothing and then the guy's like uh he returned to life maybe that's what god's telling you it's like a toothache it comes around every once in a while but then it goes away it's like what like <laughs> How, like if you were if you found out that kind of uh, message was waiting like if you looked into someone's like say uh, a friend or a loved one's tooth and you saw a message specifically for you 
that no one else has discovered, wouldn't it blow your mind? It would plague you forever for the, your entire life. It'd be one of those like mind shattering things that Jason from the stuff went through when he saw <laughs> when he and saw that first thing of of thing, you know, it's like I could never be the same. <laughs> and that's how you tie it together, that you just tied the two movies together. Amazing. Amazing. We did it. It's just we did it. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's proof that there's something outside your reality, but this is all we're gonna give you. <laughs> And then young Lindsey Graham sweeps you away, you know. Um, <laughs> so uh, do you think, uh, you know, we're put it, we're, we're just going to wrap it up with pitting these two movies against each other. Do you think Larry Gopnik would fall prey to the stuff? No, no. Larry, no, no matter what happened to Larry, he still pushed on through life. So the stuff would be happening all around him, but I don't think it would really interrupt. It would interrupt him enough where he would die. He would just find some way to survive because as we see from this film, everything, everything was happening to him (laughs) and he just, and he just went through it and he found because he tried to find meaning in his own way um, that, allowed him to survive it's like when he had that dream about the uncertainty principle in which he filled that (laughs) giant chalkboard yes right and that's when he spoke to Sai at the end of that lecture in his dream like that was his mind sort of like putting the pieces together even though the pieces don't necessarily fit so in the world of the stuff he he would get through it somehow yes okay um all right, so that's your opinion on whether Larry would survive the stuff or not. I think actually yeah. he would succumb to it because he thinks it's probably a message from God. <laughs> um, and then finally, at the very end, when he's pushed to his breaking point, he'll have a little taste, and then oh. that'll and then that'll and then it'll cut to black, and then you'll hear when the truth is found to realize, <laughs> you know. You know what? I, I I like your perspective. I like your perspective. I think it. I think it fits. I think okay. it fits. All right. So um. So I think that's where we should wrap up the show because we've been going out for a while. <laughs> cool, cool. Listeners, do yourselves a favor. Um, if you are bored and you have time on your hands, I mean, we've given you two weeks now of highly recommended films. Uh, check out these latest two because while they're uh distinctly different <laughs> yes you uh you will have a um you will have a test of reality let's put it that way yes you will be seriously stuffed with movies <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay <sighs> and with that uh, uh i'm pablo morali martinez and i'm ernesto mancibo and together we are Robots versus taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. This one is true. This one is real.
sweaters. It's only one thing better than cheddar. Life is a puzzle. I put it together. I'm like DMC. My run tougher than leather. I come from an era of golf hats, ball caps, pit hats with feathers, plaid slacks with the button-up jackets to match. I blast that any knucklehead fucking with rap. I gotta chuckle at that. Rap black belt. Motherfucker, but the buckle is back. Pro rap, what you wanna do? Nothing with that. You suck like a hole on figure on where you whack. Niggas know it and they talk to your back. Behind closed doors, you get a good laugh. Like that factory, that niggas a rap. Your name ain't Seinfeld if you black. My clientele sell more than the crap. That Reagan let in. Fucking making good friend at the holiday inn. She looked like a twin. One thing's certain. Two things show. Nowhere to work in. Crazy place we all praying for the best of times. Oh yeah. My mind is like a peace book. I can't get no peace wherever I look. My own worst enemy. Even the evil get shook. For the violence, the fans turn finicky. Silly of me. Think that I could untie that ribbon in the sky. Send your citizens deny. The insure isn't as pure. They require that same sugar high. Rely on religion if your heart's missing. It won't work. Circus all written. Emerge, make them all listen. Some rehearse them devilish words. You put the hurt in them. I mean the hurting on them. Rich without warning, been the whole year, shed a tear for him. A year since I heard from him. I don't care, I know where I'm going. One thing's for certain, two things for sure. Nowhere to work and nowhere to grow, yeah. A crazy place we all pray for the best of times. Got the blues and it's evident. Got workers losing their jobs and their residence. And overseas, niggas filing out, straight wilding out, tossing their shoes at the president. It make me think about the loot that I shell out. If times get tight, will the show still sell out? Poor folk need help, they call it welfare. But rich folk need it, then y'all call it a bailout. It make me wanna yell out, but I just chill because the love for my fam is priceless. Long as I got them, we'll be able to fight this. Cause nigga, I'm black. I was born a financial crisis, shit. So no eulogies and no two to threes. I'll survive cause being broke ain't new to me. New opportunities and ways to grind. Respect your mind and celebrate the best of times. But let's ride. One thing's for certain. Oh, yeah. Two things for sure. Nowhere to work and nowhere to go. A crazy place we are Time. And it's like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Good time.